Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt today. (laughs) I don't normally do that, but it is... Antioch Discipleship School, start of recruitment season here at the church. And so you'll see these shirts all around the room. And if you have a question about it, ask somebody. We want to ask everybody to consider at some point in your journey with us here at Antioch to consider going through the school. And uh, we believe it just raises the water level of God's activity in our midst to have people being intentionally discipled, learning how to make disciples themselves. And so uh, there's a table out front if you want more information. And James Albright is sitting right here, and I want you to give a warm welcome, because James is the, the next Antioch School, Training School, Discipleship School Director. Yeah. <laughs> Man, saying the Discipleship School is like my mom, when all the kids are there, she just says all, all the names that we've ever been, you know, and... Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about when a parent does that? Steve, Joe, goes, runs through them all, you know. I get called Mary Ann sometimes, weird. Um, but only when we're all together like that, it's weird. And we come back and do it, do it back at the house too. Hey, so I want to ask, who's right up here on the front row? Come here, man. So this brother is uh, heading out on Wednesday to the Arab Arabian Peninsula and uh, long-term missionary... And, uh, and we're proud of you, brother. And, uh, watched just growing, coming into the church life here and growing like crazy, becoming an on fire disciple. And, uh, he's joining a great team there. One of our Antioch teams that they were having tremendous influence in the whole region and just couldn't be happier that they, you know, were pulling you in on that team. And so what we want to do is just pray a blessing on him. He had a miracle happen last week, a financial thing. We were just praying in last little bit, you know, and just, it was awesome. I, I was rejoicing when I heard, man. So y'all extend a hand. Let's pray a blessing on him as he goes. Father, we thank you for family and we thank you for the way you've called us to do church life, Lord, where we, uh, just are training, sending, supporting and seeing this church become a reproducing church. And Lord, I thank you for my brother. I pray that the gospel power would be flowing in him as he goes and crosses boundaries and eth- ethnic boundaries, Lord, to take the gospel, uh, Lord, to, to people that need you so much. And so, Lord, may your life light shine just brightly through in the name of Jesus. Lord, protect him from the, the schemes of the devil in the name of Jesus as he goes. Protect him from just sins that would beset him. God, we ask for your protection, your covering over him as he goes. Lord, bring him back safely to us. But as he goes and we lay hands on him, Lord, may he walk in the power of God to see salvation, healing, deliverance, everything that's marked in the book of Acts and the New Testament, all that life happening and flowing through him. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, brother. Amen. Amen. It's good. We are a multi-ethnic epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love, Holy Spirit-empowered church. Father's love receiving. So... Amen. I just, I, that's who we are. That's what we want to do. It's what we want to be about. And, uh, it's good to, 
just uh, we've got short-term teams going, long-term teams going and coming, and just we've done that for 20-something years, and it's a joy to get to be a part of what we get to do, and uh, so thankful. Well, we're uh, in a series on Lent right now that we're calling Free to Run, and uh, it's at this time of year that the church historically, at least all the way back to 325 and the Council of Nicaea, has engaged in this little time leading up to Easter where you pull back from some things in order to press into God. And uh, so that's what we're doing. We started this time off just before Lent with uh, prayer and fasting, so we pulled back from food in order to press into God. And I mean, I just want to encourage you guys, some of the lift that you're experiencing is because God is getting His people to pray. You know, I, I may have mentioned this, but we had over 500 people involved in nine prayer meetings. That's not counting what was going on over at Michael's house, that you guys got the prayer house thing going. So that's just like, there's a lot of people praying. And if you wonder what's, you know, whenever God's getting ready to do something, He sets His people praying. And that's just the way it's worked down through history. So I'm loving it. I'm going to be, I'm kicking off that Saturday, uh, that Wednesday morning thing again, uh, Wednesday, 6.30 to 7.30, if anybody wants to join me for prayer over in the prayer room. Um, so I want to thank also uh, Randy Brown who kicked off this this series. So uh, we've talked about laying some stuff down. He talked about laying down unbelief. Laying down unbelief. And he t- I, I didn't see the picture, but I've seen it before. It's a famous picture of this guy named Henry Blondin. I think that's his first... I know Blondin's his last name. But he's carrying a guy. It's 1859. And he's carrying a guy on a tightrope. He's walking on a tightrope over Niagara Falls. There's something about 1859 that makes that more difficult to me. I just, the ropes, binding the ropes, making them not do this. 1859 technology, I don't know. Um, just, just a thought. And so the point was, trust Jesus. Let's, let's embrace Jesus. You know. And then last week, Graydon, come on man, brought it. Brought the word. You know, there's something about a guy standing up smiling at you the whole time. He's saying, love your enemies. <laughs> love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. <laughs> and, 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 go, and, and then saying, and if you disagree with that, take it up with Jesus. With a big smile. The smile really worked for me. I just thought that's how you got to, that's how you deliver the, the, the word that's a little harder there. But what he was talking about was laying down our rights. Laying down our rights. And so we're kind of building on this, so laying down rights, laying down unbelief, and today we're we're really going to be talking about laying down isolation, isolation, where we pull back and we're kind of doing our own thing, disconnected from God and disconnected from others. So I'm calling it "Open to Others" is the message, and and the more I I just I kept looking at this thing, fix our eyes on Jesus, and when we do that, what I what I see, what fills my mind is Jesus' love for His Father, the Son from all eternity with His love for, with, for His Father and their shared communion in the Holy Spirit. So it's ultimately about relationships there. So let's read the passage. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Okay, so 
you know, what is it that makes us free? What is it that makes us free to run? And, and you know, part of this, we're dealing with some sin stuff here. You want to get the stuff off that's going to make you fall down. Um, but part of this thing is about uh, knowing that our life is best lived, not when we're living it for ourselves, but when we're living it in connection with God who made us. So when we fix our eyes on Jesus, what we see is Jesus did nothing out of himself. John 5.19 says, I only I do nothing of my own initiative. So think about that. It's a completely and utterly dependent life on the Father and the Spirit. I'm living this life of dependency on the Father and the Spirit. Out of relationship is how I'm living life. And what I want to say is that is the healthy way for us to live. And, and I, just part of the way I want to explain this is a dichotomy between personhood and self. Okay, so self in the modern era, in the Enlightenment, and it's not a, just a knock on the Enlightenment, but we have to talk about this in order to get aware of it. So self has been kind of cut off from other persons. It's as if we totally exist and can exist by ourselves, and that's a lie. Okay, it's a part of our, it's a part of our worldview. We, it's, it's the water we're swimming in, right? And so we have to talk about it. So when Descartes says, I think, therefore I am. And this is kind of that famous, uh, what's it called? The thinker, right. And so it's like me. It's about me and my thoughts and my existential reality as if I'm, I can be a, a self without connection to others. Now contrast that with personhood. In personhood, and this is what the church fathers, I was reading this guy, uh, this book uh, by a guy named Dennis Kinlow a couple weeks ago. And he said, what the church fathers did in thinking about the Trinity and describing persons really for the first time was one of the greatest, potentially the greatest breakthroughs in human thought in history. And I was like, that's bold. That's, that's huge. But it's, it's a wonderful, mind-blowing, uh, beautiful description of what God's really like. That from all eternity, God is love. For there to be love, there's got to be persons. There's got to be other people. So here's my point. We don't live life by ourselves and we never have. You don't come into the world by yourself. You come in totally, totally dependent on two people coming together. And then there's this created life. But this life is not self-sustaining. It's dependent on another. Literally inside another. And then when you're born, you're still totally dependent on other people, right? You know, and so you're totally dependent on people to feed you. We're interdependent in our humanity, food, and dependent on God to give water and rain and all that kind of stuff. You know, we we live totally dependent lives. The point here is you can't be self-fulfilled without others either. Even God Himself, Jesus, for the joy set before Him, He empties Himself. He endures the cross. Though equal with God, in every way, didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to, but he emptied himself and became obedient even to the point of death and, on, and death on a cross. That is just, so it's for the joy. Jesus, even himself, there's a fulfillment that comes only in giving ourselves for others and being related to others and bringing us into, I think it's at the heart of creation, is God bringing us into this beautiful love of the Father and the Son 
in the Holy Spirit. Do you see the difference there? So it's a, a really uh, big deal. I'm going to start doing workouts so I don't get out of breath just standing up here. I'm, I don't well, I've been over. That's what I did a minute ago, and that took some energy or something. <laughs> Crazy. So here's the main thing. Main thing today is we'll only be free to run as we open ourselves to God and to other people. And I know that's a different way of, I'm just, I'm hitting something that's a little bit different here. And that is that we think of sin and things that hinder us, getting those things off is like, don't get high, don't get drunk, don't sleep around, don't look at pornography. And like, by the way, for the record, don't do those things. Okay? But there's something deeper our isolation think about the fall like this the fall what happened in the fall it was like god in, intended for us to be dependent on him but in the eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and putting ourselves in that position of judgment and decision we also then started turning in on ourselves that's a phrase that augustine and martin luther use is is that sin is the self curved in on itself and so out of that place of, of selfishness and isolation comes all kinds of darkness, all kinds of bad decisions. Think about some of the worst decisions you've ever made in your life. Probably were in some measure isolated in the dark, that kind of stuff. Think of a sin. Don't think of it very much, but just think of it. And those things come out of that place. And so we want to lay down, the first point here is it means to do that, we've got to lay down isolation. Well, just like, I think of it like fasting. I'm fasting from food to press closer to Jesus. I'm going to fast from isolation in order, order to draw closer to God and to others. So here we go. Um, it means pulling back. We fix our eyes on Jesus, and Jesus does everything in relationship. To do nothing of his own initiative, it means he's relating to his Father all the time. And I'm just, I'm always amazed whenever I say, hear somebody say, do we believe as Christians that God speaks today? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but like that's all Jesus did. Like that's all he did was listen to the Father. 24-7, you, you see what I'm saying? So to, to, we, we need to like move past as God's, God is speaking. He's speaking all the time. We're moving too fast to hear him a lot of times, but he's speaking and wants to bring us into life. And in, in contrast to that kind of dependence, our fallen tendency is to slide away from relationships, especially if we're hurt or struggling, got church wounds, maybe, or, you know, whatever the thing might be. You know, uh, Jim Reynolds, it was great yesterday. He spoke at Bros and Burritos and uh, had a bunch of guys there, had a dunk competition. It was pretty, it was pretty guys being guys. The one that got me at the end there was the bounce off the head where the other guy comes in and, you know, finishes. Um, what was I seeing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so he, he said, you know, a lot of what's, what, what this rise in this category called nuns, like no religious affiliation, not nuns like this, but no religious affiliation. And, and people are thinking that the, there's an idea that I can live my faith by myself. I can be a Christian 
and live my faith by my, but not have a religious affiliation. I can be a follower of Jesus, but not be in community. I can do faith, and this is what one person told Jim, said, I can do faith, hope, and love by myself. He said, no, you can't. You might could do faith and hope, but you can't do love. Love takes other people. There we go. And so, you know, for us to, this is what God's calling us deeper into. I read it, Kim sent me an article yesterday. There's, there's a loneliness that's down in our society right now that's deep. It's deep in our society. And she sent me this article from uh, Psychology Today. It's called, it was called The Loneliness Epidemic. And it said that in the United States of America, loneliness has doubled. The sense of being lonely has doubled in the last 50 years. Now, I don't know how long they've been measuring that, but I mean, that's pretty, that's, that's interesting to me. Cigna Health Corporation keeps a loneliness scale when they're, when people are applying for health insurance because the chances of illness, sickness, and disease radically go up when we are lonely. Isn't that amazing? So like Cigna has a scale and, you know, your things you fill out. Are helping them determine, are you a lonely person or not? Are you more susceptible to disease and sickness? Another couple of books here. Philip Slater in his book, The Pursuit of Loneliness, says that loneliness has the same effect as smoking 15 cigarettes a day and increases the risk of early death by 26%. So, hey, we need community. You know, it's, or it's like walking around with, you know, three, four cigarettes sticking out of our mouths, you know, it's not good for us. It's not good for us. Another one, the, uh, another famous book, The Medical Consequences of Loneliness. And I, I, you can look it up, but I don't have the author's name right here in front of me. Uh, but it says that more people die alone in the dark than at any other time. So death happens. And I, I mentioned that to Kim yesterday afternoon. And she said, you know, Jamie, that's how my dad died. You know, her, her dad died about a year and a half ago after a long battle with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, and uh, the, the doctors said, hey, this is imminent. It's going to happen any time now. So we went out, Kim went out and on the weekend and spent a lot of time with him that weekend, but he didn't die. And then her brother came in on that Monday, and, and he didn't die. And it was after that, after they both left, that he died, even though he was, they thought he was going to die much earlier. And uh, Jim Reynolds was telling me a story about his wife, Donna, uh, is, is Jimmy in, in the room? So Jimmy's grandmother um, was uh, was uh, her health was failing, but they got a twenty four. So it was sliding down like this, but then they got a twenty four hour nurse to be with her and just to keep her company. And immediately it made a turn in her health. And uh, Dean Tubbs was we were standing there talking about all this together yesterday, and and Dean was telling the story. He's a nurse over at Harris Southwest, and about a lady that uh, she was like a hundred years old and it was over. She was going to die and stopped eating. And, but her church kept visiting her, her, all her friends and stuff kept, they visited her every day and they played worship music in the room all the time. And her church would visit her. And, and because of this, they, they didn't know why it took so long, but she lived for 63 days without food because she had community there with her all the time. She's going to be with Jesus, but she's got community, and it's like kind of this in-between space, you know? And just the point in all of that is we want to lay down isolation. Think of isolation as something to be giving up, given up. Like, a, like take the stuff off that hinders you from running the race. Think about 
aloneness and loneliness and isolation as actually a hindrance that's not helping you run the race with perseverance. It's going to cause you to get weary, lose heart, those kinds of things. We need each other. So let's talk about that second piece then. It means we lay down isolation. It also means, second piece, that we open up to God and to others. Now, think about it like this. God opens Himself up to us in the sending of the Son, in the sending of the Spirit. God opens Himself to all of us. I want you to know life. I want you to know salvation, freedom, and healing, forgiveness, all that stuff. I want you to know that. But what happens when we open ourselves up to God's goodness? It's called salvation. Like, He's offering it, but when we open ourselves up to Him, it's like we experience it. John 17, verse 3 says, This is eternal life, that they know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom You've sent. That's, and so, when we open ourselves up, and if you've not done this, I just there's, there's nothing greater than knowing Jesus. So, we open ourselves up, and it's salvation. We keep opening ourselves up, it's more salvation. We keep opening ourselves up, it's more salvation. We've been saved, we're being saved, we will be saved. It's like life, life, and more life. That's what you've got to look forward to as you open yourself up to God. It's just, it's a win all the way around for us in the name of Jesus. The church fathers use this, use this really cool word, perichoresis, to describe God. They're meditating on the Trinity, thinking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How can they be one and yet be distinct all at the same time? It's so cool. And they came up with this word, perichoresis, which peri means around or about. And choresis is like dance or to, to make room for, you know? And so the, the, the big thing for us in that is not only do we just, it's good to think about we can be one even as we're distinct people from different ethnicities and backgrounds and all of the diversity that marks us around this room, is that we, but even in the midst of that, we don't lose our personhood and meld into others. We stay distinct, but we still are one. Isn't that just powerful? So then applying perichoresis is that we make room for other people in our lives. That's what it makes, what it means. Everybody's got a certain amount of time in your life, but as you make room for other people, you allow for the possibility of being impacted and changed by them. You're just, and it's, that's, I'm, I'm who I am today because of all of these relationships that have been happening down through the years. I'm literally sitting here on Thursday afternoon. I was over there in the office and I was just thinking about this. And I start getting these text messages from an old friend named Brandon. And uh, he said, hey, Jamie. I always imagine him. Hey, Jamie. Uh, uh, He's texting me and he says, I'm discipling these eight guys and I'm taking them through this book by Stu Weber, something about pillars of manhood or something. And, And we were talking about mentors and it goes around the circle and it comes around to me and I start telling them about you. And the impact that you've had on my life. And I'm just so thankful for you, brother. And, you know, I just want, want you to know. He said a bunch of specifics. And so I said, man, thanks. That is so encouraging. And then, um, but I said, but I want you to know, too, man, I, like, I am who I am because of you. We walked together closely for 13 years on staff together here. And, and uh, his wife's now life group pastor at Gateway out in Southlake. But, uh, but, but. I'm impacted by what you've done 
in my life. I, I would not be, I can't describe who I am without your influence. It's not just who the leader is or who the pastor is or the whatever. It's a two way, it's a mutual reciprocality in our relationship that, and, and God is even doing that. You know, he, he wants, he set things up where there's love is our response and he doesn't say, you know, and, and get us in a headlock and make us where we have to do stuff. I mean, that'd be weird and abusive. He, he gives us this liberty to respond to him. And he's wooing us. He's drawing us. He's calling us. But he's also saying, I want to, I want you to respond in love. I want to have a relationship of reciprocity uh, where we talk and have fellowship. So it's huge. I don't know that we can really define being free to run apart from this heart level interconnectedness. If I'm going to be isolated, I'm really not going to ultimately be free to run. And if that's going to affect my identity, it's going to affect who I am. No, you know, Jesus said, I know who I am. I know where I'm from. I know where I'm going. I mean, just getting this is going to help set us free. I would even say, too, about this, about holiness. So the holiness of God, God is love. So when we talk about holiness, we've got to adjust some of our thinking. I think somewhere along the line, we just, God is holy means it's like this stainless steel. You put on the, the suit, you go through the sprayer, you've got the big white germ-free, you know, and, and, and heaven's like this germ-free, sterile environment, stainless steel, but we're all holy. Time out. Um, so from all eternity, without sin, God is love. Other-centered, agape, selfless, giving, willing to die for, willing to lay down so much that that's what, you know, so you got the, the creatures in heaven saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it's whatever that holiness ultimately is, it's got, part of that's got to be about transcendent beauty of love between these relationships, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it just, I just, it, I, can I get it out in English? I, I'm sitting there, we're worshiping, and I, I, I'm, this morning, both first, second, and third service, and I thought first, it was so incredible that it wasn't going to get any better, but it just kept, kept getting better. And, and I, I was like worshiping and, and, uh, just thinking about it being a thin place between heaven and earth. And, and the second and the third service, what I heard the Lord just kind of impressing me with was, it's so much more when you're actually here. Even more. As much as you're experiencing, I was like, Lord, I don't, this is incredible. And I hear, I'm hearing there's, there's so much more. And th there's just more. It's better than what I'm, my words. And so our, our uh, isolation, our justifying our judgments of others, our putting the blame here and there and pulling back from relationships and, and, and justice in our retaliation and the way we do tit-for-tat relationships, all of that's rooted in this turned-in self that is not like Jesus, that is not like the Son. So free to run. How do we do this? How do we resist isolation? How do we open ourselves up to others. And it's more than just being friends on social media. I've got, I, I never got into Instagram too much. I, it's not on my phone anymore. I think I got 29 friends or something. Uh, hey, but on Facebook, 
I, I think I have like eight or 900 friends or something. I haven't looked at the number, but I, it's like, just, I mean, I'm so close with these people. I mean, we're like doing relationship. I, I try to get on every three weeks or so, even if I don't need to. And I'm always just amazed, like, wow, that is just like, why are you posting? What is that? Like, can I do the, I don't want to see that anymore. Yeah, cooking. Yeah. Another recipe. I feel so much closer to you. Just it's like a personal moment. And what I'm getting at here is that it goes deeper than what we normally think. I had a, a, a dinner with a brother last night, about two and a half hours, and uh, it was good. You know, sat across, talked about Jesus basically the whole time, ate food, prayed together, had communion at the end of our time together, just the two of us. Now, I may not remember all the text messages I do during the course of a week, but I'm going to remember that meal, right? Face to face. And there is a, there is a hierarchy of communication. And it starts, you guys remember this one, this is the lowest form. You know what I'm doing? Smoke signals. That, smoke signals way, way down, way down at the bottom of the food chain. Way down here. Just above that is email. I'm serious. You know, most people do not have the, uh, the ability to write a letter with the nuances that it takes. If you've got a conflict with somebody, don't, do not write them an email. Do not do it. It's against the law at Antioch. If you've got a conflict with somebody, you go to them. Just straight up, you do what the Bible says, you go to them. Because you can't write it in an email in a way that you can't catch the nuance and so much love and all the, I think I'll just send Jack in love, sort of. Maybe not, right? And so I'm trying to be loving about that, but I'm also trying to be clear about that. It just doesn't work. You know, that bomb goes over to the person who then has to reach back out to you and go, what in the world? Like, hopefully, you, and don't write a letter back. If somebody does it, don't write it back. Get in touch with them. So I, I used to have text messages and then email, and I finally just said email's even lower down by smoke signals. Text message, it's the next up the food chain. Because with text message, at least you can use emojis <laughs> to, to communicate some kind of, I'm being kind, there's some joy in this, you know, there's, <laughs> we're laughing, this is funny. Um, you know, I got, a t- I got a text, let's go all the way to yesterday, I got a text yesterday from Kim, and I asked her something and said, yes, with nothing, no, no happy, no heart, no kissy face or hard eyes, just, just yes. And so I'm like, is that, yes, 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 I, I'm having to fill in the blanks, right? Because I don't know. And so, so or, or when I get a, one from somebody, this is another pet, I'm just going off here a little bit. Okay. Okay. Just okay. Uh, okay. Well, I need to give me some, you know, or, or even worse than okay. 
I'm going to not look at somebody that's done this to me before. <laughs> Even worse than okay is just K. I mean, if life is so busy and it's happening so fast that I can't type the O before the K, I need to just pull back just a little bit, like squeezing too much into life. Can't type the okay, smiley, happy, cry face. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So then text message, phone calls, FaceTime and Skype, video calls. But then there's face-to-face meetings. And you know, it's so important that it's where we've all got the same amount of time in the week, 168 hours. And it's worth it. It's worth it to rearrange some of life, to pull back from some of the things we're doing so we can actually be and open ourselves, be with others and open ourselves up to others, right? Just a, it's a big deal. So that's one of the ways we do it. You know, prayer is another way we open ourselves up to others. I've been thinking about this this week, that when I intercede for others, I'm opening myself up to them. I'm opening my heart to them. I, I was thinking about, I got a newsletter from uh, some dear friends, missionaries, Chris and Rebecca McBride, and uh, I remember going to see them. Jimmy and I went to see this uh, in Waco. Went to see them in 2000. First time in the West Bank. We were in Nablus, and uh, and they loved the Palestinians. I mean, they loved the Palestinians with like tears flowing down their eyes. Love the Palestinians, and I just I was like, wow. And and I realized when we started praying for them, they pray for them with all of their hearts, and you open yourself up when you pray. So like, you, like Kim and I, when we pray together, we are opening up our hearts to each other. You know, that's an intimate thing. Like it's a thing to even like, you probably need some boundaries in dating. I mean, because it's, it's like a, it's a, it's an intimate, intimate thing. I, that's why I love praying with the pastors in the city, you know, because we actually get to heart stuff. You know, what's most important to your heart? What are you, what are you concerned about in your heart? Love that. But even the intercession, Emily was in the first service this morning and our daughter, and uh, she's expecting twins and we're just praying about different steps along that along the way. And I'm finding that my I'm getting open to the twins, like I'm opening my heart to these and they're just still you know, a little not fully, you know, just all the way those, those sonograms, you know, kind of on their way to looking like more like humans. Um, <laughs> But teeth and little hands, and I'm praying for them, and my heart's getting open to them as I pray for. Them. That makes sense. Intercessions like that, prayers like that. Um, th- these are what, things we do. Sharing a meal, like I mentioned earlier, generosity is like that. When we give, part of our heart gets open to that person, or to the church, or to the mission, or whatever we're getting involved with financially, or serving someone. Uh, we went uh, ADS. We served at this ch- uh, school in Baton Rouge for the third consecutive year. And I'm telling you, our hearts are open to them. Robert Lang, the, the principal there, just is a member of Antioch Baton Rouge. And just our hearts are open to them, serving them, praying with them, praying for those students. It, it's like when you serve somebody, your heart gets open to them. So who do you need to make space for in your life right now? Who do you need to make space for? Who do you need to open up to? And what is the next step for you. I mean, in isolation, we can't, we're hindered. Our feet are tripping. We're losing heart. We're not persevering. 
but connected to God and to others, we can run this thing. We can run this race, the race that's marked out for us as a people and the race that's marked out for you as individuals. Amen. Y'all stand up. Worship team, come on up. Let's take a few minutes and respond to God here. And I think the call out of all of this is out of isolation, out of loneliness, and opening up to God. And opening up to each other. And just again, you guys, reading some of the statistics. Ministry team, come on up. Reading some of the statistics about loneliness. I just want us to, man, let's pray for breakthrough. Let's don't let that be something that's just, we're allowing to stay around in our lives. All the un- unhealthy stuff that goes along with that. Man, let's, let's pray for breakthrough. Let's let right now be a breakthrough time for us. So let's just spend some time praying. If you need to open yourself up to God and His love for us in Jesus, do that. If you need to open yourself up to what's the next step of moving out of isolation and into the relationships that God wants for us. Father, meet us here today. We want to respond to You with open hearts, open lives. And Lord, this this thing that's going to bring health and allow us to, to, to run the race by opening up to others, being, having open lives. Lord, help us. Help us to get everything in balance and to see. And uh, Lord, to own the value of just taking that next step. It's going to involve schedules. It may involve money. It's going to involve others for sure. So Lord, help us here today. Bring healing where there needs to be healing. Forgiveness where there needs to be forgiveness. Hope where there needs to be hope. In Jesus' mighty name. Bring love where there needs to be love. Meet us. Just as a father with children, would you just encourage us in this today? In Jesus' name. Whatever your need is, guys, come. As the front's filling up too, just really go for it. Just be bold on this. If you want prayer, God changes things right here, right now. And as the front fills up, then also just pray. There's not one person in this room that probably couldn't use prayer on some aspect of this issue of just turning to others, being healed, finding freedom. In Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Give you praise, God.